I would like to say good evening to everyone. My name is Felicia Hamilton and I will be your moderator and your host for this session. Welcome to another lecture given by the Southfield members, excuse me, by the Southfield class. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh, our Elohim, and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We were in excuse me, we hold classes in the United States, Canada, and certain other foreign countries. The Southfield, Michigan class was established in 1997. The president of the Southfield, Michigan class is Dr. Edward Yule. The vice president is Dr. Ronald Atkins, and the dean is Dr. Marvin Lewis. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the father, the word or son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in their original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title of the word or son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus. Lord and God are titles and not names. The Apostle Paul filled with the Holy Spirit tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means Elohim is the title our creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part in a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Greek language, the Hebrew language, nor the Latin language have any letters or characters in their alphabet that would produce the sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus and Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and correct name of our Father and His Son. Christ is a title, just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit. And in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on the chart is within the cloud. 
In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh, knowing that man could not perceive of him in this pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son, a super incorporeal being that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form can only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelation. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as a Yahshua the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now there is only one name given into salvation and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question we must ask ourselves is, what was the name of the savior during the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of the Holy Name Bible. Also in this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It is called the divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses atop Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in a vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, holy place and a court round about. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and the function of this threefold tabernacle pattern and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The primary aims and constitutional objectives are as follows. First, to help you find and know Yahweh, our Elohim, as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, and modern practical and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstitions, skepticisms, and ignorance. Sixth, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seventh, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eighth, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained, there is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name 
of Yahshua, the Messiah. And 10, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua, the Messiah, with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace and our slogan is speak the truth. At this time, we will have a prayer by Dr. Lionel Von Manjou from our Hamilton, Ontario, Canada branch, followed by scripture, which will be 1 Corinthians 12 and 1, read by Dr. Paula Brown from our Saginaw, Michigan branch. Dr. Von Manjou. Good evening to everybody. Let's all please bow our hearts and mind and be in that quiet spot where we can focus on what we're about to receive as another portion of learning about Yahweh's purpose and plan as taught by Yahshua the Messiah, our comforter, our teacher, who will bring all things back to our remembrance, things we've heard before and the things we're about to hear because they're all designed to fit within his purpose and plan. And uh, it's uh, difficult these days sometimes to find that stillness in our heart and mind, but it's so crucial that we focus on him, our Savior, Yahshua Messiah. Let's all say hallelujah. 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 Good evening. Today's scripture is 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. I'll be reading out of the um, King James Version, but inserting the proper and true name of our Heavenly Father and the Savior. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Ye know that ye were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the spirit of Yahweh calleth Yahshua a curse, and that no man can say that Yahshua is the Savior, but by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit, and there, and there are differences of administrations, but the same Yahweh, and there are diversities of operations, but it is the same Elohim which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but all these worketh that one and the self-same spirit dividing to every man severally as he will. For as the body is one and hath many members and all the members of that one body being many, are one body, so also is Yahshua. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I, have, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? 
And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were, excuse me, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now have Yahweh set the members, every one of them in the body as it had pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body? And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more of those members of the body, which seem to be more feeble, are necessary. And those members of the body, which we think to be less honorable, Upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but Yahweh have tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lack, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one body be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of the Messiah, and members in particular. And Yahweh has set some in the church, in the assembly, first apostles, secondary prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversities of tongues, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, have all the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. That was 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Paula Brown, for that scripture lesson, and Dr. Lionel Von Manju from, uh, for the prayer. And we want to once again welcome everyone to our Zoom session this Thursday. We're calling this Green Chart Thursday. This is the second in a series. We will have um, uh, an overview of one portion of the Green Chart every other week. So this is the second in, in the session, the first um, meeting we had just an, a general overview of the green chart and a little bit of the history and for those that weren't um, available for that session the history of the green chart and let me pull that up that would make make sense um this chart was painted um i'm sorry not painted yeah this chart was painted um by uh, by approval of dr kenley um but it was painted by rick help me out i keep forgetting Burbank Mitchell. Burbank Mitchell. Yeah, you guys call him Mitch, right? Yes. <laughs> okay, this is painted by Burbank Mitchell, but um, when I talked with Dr. Gill, he said Dr. Kenley did see Burbank Mitchell's charts and he did approve them. So this is one of the charts that were approved and Burbank was a lover of all things science. So when you look at most of his charts, they do involve one form or another of the sciences. 
So today our session uh, will be led by Dr. Brandon Craig of our Lansing branch. And Brandon will be going over the uh, 12 cranial uh, nerves, which we know they're 12, but they're pairs, so they're 24. So Brandon is gonna give a um, brief overview of that and what Yahweh has shown him of how it operates by Yahweh's divine purpose, pattern, and plan. And with that, I will let um, Dr. Craig take over. Dr. Craig? Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Okay, thank you very much, Dr. Hamilton. And uh, just like to say good evening to the class. And I am very happy to be a part of this uh, green chart study and have anything to say about what has been revealed to me about this divine pattern, uh, which is Yahweh Elohim, which was revealed to Dr. Kinley in a divine vision and revelation. Now, um, while I will be touching on the 12 cranial nerves, as she mentioned, um, I'm gonna be sort of given a more, uh, I guess, overview of the entire nervous system. So if you br bring up the green chart, itself. I'm going to go over uh, pretty much a lot of what's on the right side of the green chart. Uh, just because while we have 12 cranial nerves, it is, part of a, it is part of a system of the body known as the nervous system, of which is the brain and the spinal cord and the peripheral uh, nerves, which is a threefold operation showing forth uh, the unity of the spirit, Yahweh, Elohim, Yahshua. Now, since I'm the first speaker, I'm just going to give a, a brief fun, uh, fundamental introduction. And this is a school. Now, we should know that first and foremost. And it's a, it's a school, not a church. And this school was established by Dr. Kinley, who received a divine vision and revelation directly from the creator, Yahweh, Elohim himself. And this vision and revelation has given us a teaching by which there is understanding of undeniable and attested truth verifiable by a definite divine pattern of the universe. And that's what we're talking about right here. Now, uh, man will have you believe that science and religion don't mix, but I'll tell you that science and the pattern of the universe do mix. Now, why is that? Because science verifies the pattern. So uh, while pure spirit has made up, I'm sorry, while matter itself is made up of pure spirit or that substance of Yahweh the Father, all elements within matter, uh, we can, which uh, science verifies, we can uh, show forth the divine pattern of the universe in operation uh, through science. Now let's get um, let's get Romans one and nineteen real quick, please. That's Romans one and nineteen, because that which may be known of Yahweh is manifest in them. Now that which may be known of Yahweh is manifest in them. Now, that means that you can know something about your creator for sure. Read on. For Yahweh hath showed it unto them. Now, Yahweh has showed it unto them. Read. Mm -hmm. For the invisible things of him mm -hmm. from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Hold on. So you can see 
invisible things clearly. Now, how is that, Reed? Being understood by the things that are made. Now, being understood by the things that are made. Now, what was made? Mm-hmm. All these things according to the pattern, Reed. Even his eternal power and supernal nature so that they are without excuse. Even his eternal power and supernal nature so that they are without excuse. So you can know something about your heavenly father and you are without excuse. Now, what is the supernal nature? The supernal nature or Godhead is Yahweh the father, Elohim the word or son, and Yahshua the Messiah. Now, Yahweh the father is pure spirit. If we could pick up the Moses chart, please, host. Yeah, perfect. So Yahweh is pure spirit. And the, and the moderator said in his in this state, you cannot perceive a pure spirit. Why? Because it's invisible, inscrutable. Can't understand anything about Yahweh in his pure spirit state. So Yahweh manifested himself in a vision as Elohim in a super incorporeal form. That, that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. And it says in Exodus 24th chapter that Yahweh Elohim had hands and feet and a feet and a body of heaven in his clearness. So Yahweh Elohim had hands and feet and a body. And this was a super incorporeal form. This was not the incorporeal that we are in, but this is a super incorporeal form. Now, Furthermore, Yahweh Elohim manifested in the flesh as Yahshua the Messiah, who the world calls Jesus. Now, his true name is Yahshua. Why? Because his name declares his purpose. Yahweh the Father is Yahweh in pure spirit, and Yahshua the Messiah declares the purpose of Yahweh, which is salvation. Yah being the masculine portion of the name Yahweh, and Shua meaning salvation. So you have Yahweh is salvation. Now let's get, um, so that's just a brief, um, just a brief foundation I want to lay about the names. Now let's get um, a little bit about the pattern. If we could read Exodus, the 25th chapter, please, uh, verse 8. That's Exodus 25 and 8. Now hold it there. So Yahweh appeared to Moses, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu in a vision. And 70 of the elders of Israel, they saw Elohim. And he was manifested in a, in a super incorporeal body. Now, when Moses was called into the mount further in his second trip, he had a vision in 40 days. In 33 days, he saw the instruction, the divine instructions on how to build this tabernacle pattern in the wilderness. Because Yahweh said he was going to make, let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. And furthermore, those other seven days over 40 days, according to Moses' vision, were Moses seeing the creation from start to finish. So go ahead and pick that up, please, Dr. Lewis. That is Exodus 25 and 8. Mm. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. Mm-hmm. So Yahweh is telling Moses, let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. Read. According to all that I show thee mm-hmm. after the pattern of the tabernacle. There's that word pattern. Read and the pattern of all the instruments thereof. Mm-hmm. Even so shall ye make it. Now skip to 40, please, Dr. Lewis. 40th verse. 
and look that thou make them after their pattern mm. will show thee in the mount there's that word pattern again so you have this pattern which is a most holy place holy place and a court roundabout if we could get the uh man made in the image thank you so you have a most holy place a holy place and a court roundabout these three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern it's not three separate uh structures it's one structure that's threefold showing forth yahweh elohim yahshua these three are one a unity so now looking on the right side of this chart man made in the image of elohim by the pattern of the tabernacle you have man, our physical bodies correlate directly to the tabernacle pattern, where you have a most holy place, holy place, and court roundabout. You have a head cavity or a cranial cavity. You have a chest cavity, sometimes called a thoracic cavity, and you have an abdominal cavity. And you can see on the right side, man by the pattern, these cavities laid out in a um, in a way so that you can see how it correlates to the tabernacle itself. So um, let's go to the green chart, please. Thank you. So now you, in your head cavity or your cranial cavity, you have the brain. Now the brain is part of the nervous system. And as I said before, the nervous system is threefold, just like that tabernacle pattern. Remember that all things are made according to the pattern. So you see the brain, then you see the spinal cord, and you see the peripheral nerves that emanate out of the spinal cord. So that's threefold. So the threefold nature of the nervous system, the brain, spinal cord, and peripheral nerves, showing that unity of the spirit, proving and verifying that Yahweh operates according to a pattern. So then you have this brain and the spinal cord. This is just some more correlations and witnesses showing forth the unity of the spirit. So the brain and the spinal cord are encased in bony structures. Your brain is encased in your skull, right? And your spinal cord is encased in your spinal column, which is a bony structure. If you look on the left side of the chart, you see the spinal column where you have the cervical, thoracic, uh, and lumbar, sacral, and coccygeal vertebrae. Now, the spinal cord contains 31 pairs of peripheral nerves, which I'll, I'll think I will get into that a little bit later, uh, which makes 62, and the 63rd is called phylum terminale, and I'll get into that later. But the spinal cord is contained within the spinal column of vertebrae, which has 33 vertebrae, seven cervical, 12 thoracic, five lumbar, five sacral, which are fused, and four coccygeal, which are fused. So do the math. Seven plus 12 is 19, plus five is 24, plus five is 29 plus four is 33, showing forth 33 vertebrae. Now, why is that? Now, Yahshua, the Messiah, lived 33 years in the flesh. Now, and it says also in the, uh, if you look in volume three of the textbook, uh, I used some of the textbook as a reference for this, but um, I'm not sure, quite sure what it is. So we can go back to the green chart. Uh, I'll just touch on this very briefly. So man, 
created is the only uh, mammal, I suppose, that walks upright. Now, Yahshua the Messiah uh, is typified by this spinal cord with these peripheral nerves. And in that 33, or Yahshua the Messiah, do we walk upright? We are upright in him. So let's go back to that green chart, which is that's where we're at. Okay. So I'm just going to um, keep going with some of these correlations. Now, the brain uh, is made up of what's called gray and white matter. Now, the brain, gray and white matter, is what you see. Um, if you if you were to if you were to take a cadaver and you were to take out the brain, it would be gray and white matter. But when that brain is living inside of a man or a woman, that brain is is bright. It's it's fiery red because of all the blood that's contained within that brain. So that's just showing that cloud that led Israel in the wilderness after the exodus out of Egypt. When that cloud moved, so did the children of Israel which is correlated to your brain. When your brain sends signals to your body, your brain moves first because it's sending those signals out. Then your body moves where the brain tells it. So that's a beautiful correlation, seeing that cloud uh, correlation to your brain. And then you have um, in that cranial or head cavity, you, the brain uh, um, so in the cranial cavity, in the, in the head cavity, it's dark in there because there's no light going in there. It's completely encased by that, by that bony structure that's showing a correlation to the most holy place, which was dark all the time uh, in the tabernacle. And so then also that brain being that cloud also sits on a skull bone called a sphenoid bone. And if you look in Volume three, it's in the section of uh, going over the skeletal system. It shows a picture that you can find it somewhere. It's between, uh, oh, it's between page 56 and 57, but it shows a picture of that sphenoid bone, which has greater and lesser wings. So you have that brain like a cloud sitting in that skull cavity in between two wings, which is like that cloud that would dwell above the mercy seat in between the wings of the cherubim inside that most holy place. How beautiful does that correlate? It's absolutely just stupendous that Yahshua has given us these witnesses to know something for sure about himself uh, through this divine pattern in operation. Now, here's another correlation, the threefold makeup of the brain itself. If you look at the brain over here on the right side, uh, of this green chart, you have you have what's called a forebrain, then you have a midbrain, and you have a hindbrain. There's three parts again, but one brain. So in that forebrain, you have what's called the cerebrum or the cerebral cortex. Then you have uh, also the corpus callosum, which we'll talk about real quick, and then uh, you have. The midbrain, which is structures like the medulla oblongata, and um, so you can see that word right there. Yeah, perfect. And then the hindbrain, which is the cerebellum, which contains a structure called the arbor vitae. Now, um, so here we go. That 
once again showing that threefold uh, operation, just just like that most holy place, holy place, court roundabout, or Yahweh, Elohim, Yahshua, these three are one. So that forebrain or the cerebral cortex or cerebrum is where processing of information related to complex cognitive activities and associative functions occurs. That's, and then you have the midbrain where important functions in motor movement, particularly movements of the eye and then auditory and visual processing occur. And then you have hindbrain where functions are fundamentals to survival, including sleep and wakefulness. So let's see some of these correlations here. You have that cerebrum or that forebrain with those complex cognitive activities showing forth Yahweh the Father and pure spirit. Because why? Because you can't see Yahweh and pure spirit. Can you see complex cognitive activities or sensory functions? You can't see them. No. So that's beautifully correlating to Yahweh the Father and his pure spirit state. Um, let's just get a couple scriptures. Let's get Isaiah 55 and 8, please. That's Isaiah 55 and 8. Thank you. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Mm -hmm. Neither are my I'm sorry, neither are your ways my ways, saith Yahweh. Saith Yahweh, read on. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, mm -hmm. so are my ways higher than your ways. Now this is showing Yahweh the Father. His thoughts are not your thoughts, and his ways are higher than your ways. So you can't understand Yahweh the Father in pure spirit. That's why he had to manifest himself in a superincorporeal form as Elohim. Ooh. So you have Yahweh the Father in pure spirit. That's showing that forebrain with those unseen complex cognitive activities in that forebrain or that cerebral cortex. Uh, let's go ahead and get First uh, Corinthians 2 and 16, please. That's First Corinthians 2 and 16. For who hath known the mind of Yahweh? Who hath known the mind of Yahweh? Read that he may instruct him, mm -hmm. but we have the mind of the Messiah. Right. Okay, so you cannot see those cognitive activities and brain functions. Can we pick up John 1 and 18, please? John 1 and 18. Mm -hmm. No man hath seen the Father at any time. Now it says, no man hath seen the Father at any time. Now, wait a minute. Didn't we just say that Moses and Aaron and Nadab and Abihu and the 70 elders, they saw God. Well, sure, they saw Yahweh Elohim in his superincorporeal form, having hands and feet and a body of heaven in his clearness. That was him manifesting in that state that can be seen in visions. But no one has seen Yahweh the Father. Read that one more time from the beginning, please, Dr. Brian. No man had seen the Father at any time. No man had seen the Father, Yahweh, at any time. Okay, so now let's, uh, we'll talk about that cerebral cortex a little bit more. It's made up of two hemispheres, right and left, and controls and processes all the information going on uh, in your brain contralaterally. Now, let's go, and then, okay, 
So then you have uh, this corpus callosum, corpus callosum, which is, you can see that word at the uh, left side here of that brain right there. And now what's going on with that corpus callosum is this is the great, now the two hemispheres of the brain, they don't uh, connect in any way, except for where this corpus callosum structure is. This is a great band of fibers, neuro neurons connecting both hemisphere. And this is how information is shared between the two hemispheres of the brain. Now, there's an interesting structure at the very uh, front or anterior of this corpus callosum, and it's called genu. And if you've ever heard the word genuflex, that's what they have you do with these masses and Catholic, Roman Catholic services. That's where they uh, have you kneel on these these benches, right? When they have you do these masses, I'm, I've never really, I don't know anything about it because I was raised in the school, but uh, this is what they do. And now genu just is Latin for knee. And if you go ahead and get Isaiah 45 and 23, this is what the Catholic church is having you take literally, but this is something spiritual, read. That's Isaiah 45. What did you call for? Brandon? Isaiah 45 and 23, please. Yes. And then can the other reader get Romans 14 and 11? That's Isaiah 45 and 23. Mm -hmm. I have sworn by myself. The word is gone out of my mouth in righteousness mm -hmm. and shall not return. Mm -hmm. That unto me, every knee shall bow. Now it says unto me, every knee shall bow. And he's not taking this literally. So in this, in this age, this dispensation of grace, after Yahshua the Messiah has fulfilled all of those laws and ordinances under the law, uh, under the law given to Moses, now we live in a spiritual age of grace. Now, when it says every knee shall bow, every knee is going to bow. And it's going to bow in, up here in spirit, in that heart and in mind. What's dwelling in your heart and mind or what's dwelling on your mercy seat. Can the other reader get Romans 14.11, please? That's four, Romans 14.11. Mm. For it is written, as I live, say Yahweh, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to Elohim. Now see, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess to Elohim, who is Yahshua the Messiah. Now, the other thing I didn't mention before was this pituitary gland, which is in the midbrain structure, and that sits in a, a, a section of that sphenoid bone called the cella uh, torsica, and that just means Turkish saddle in Latin. But saddle is nothing more than a seat. So you have that pituitary gland, which is likened unto that law and the prophets, or I'm sorry, that, that law given to Moses, which had 10 uh, laws written on it, and three on one side and seven on the other. Now, this pituitary gland has hormones, seven on one lobe, and three on the other, very beautifully showing the correlation of this law that's sitting in the mercy seat or inside that uh, Ark of the Covenant or in your mercy seat. So now you have that midbrain and that structures where functions and motor movement. Uh, movements of the eye and an auditory visually processing occur. That shows Elohim, the word or son who is seen in vision. It's just like that auditory and visual processing occur there. Now you can see, you can hear Yahweh Elohim 
giving those revelations and an understanding of him. Then you have that hindbrain where the functions are fundamental to survival, including sleep and wakefulness. How beautiful does that show? Sleep and wakefulness are a type and shadow of death, burial, and resurrection. When yes. you go to sleep, you die. When you get under those covers, you're buried. And when you wake up, if Yahshua has you wake up the next day, that is a resurrection that shows the death, burial, and resurrection of who? Of you? No. That shows the death, burial, and resurrection of Yahshua the Messiah, who died, buried, resurrected, ascended into heaven, poured out his Holy Spirit on the Jews, and then seven years later onto the believing Gentiles. So everyone could have access to the Holy Spirit and have access to salvation in him, Yahshua the Messiah. Now, you have that cerebellum back there, which we were just talking about. And there's in there, there's a structure called Arbor Vitae, which is just Latin for tree of life. Now, here's another fun, fun thing to think about, just to ponder. Now, why do we have all these structures in Latin? You know, they say Latin is a dead language, but really Latin is, is a language that's very much alive if you understand a little bit about it, because all these things were named by man. No. All these things were named by Yahweh Elohim to give us an understanding of him so that we are without excuse. These things were just named haphazardly? No. This was, this was all under Yahweh Elohim's control. That Now, in this day and age, at the very close of this age, can we understand something about him through this divine pattern? He had all these things named so that we could see him in all these things. So you have that Arba Vitae or that tree of life. And then um, in the middle of the two uh, hemispheres of the cerebellum, there's this peculiar structure called vermis, which in Latin just means war, which is just showing that Lucifer or that serpent was in that type of heaven or up there in that most holy place. Uh, if you look at the elementary chart, plate one, um, plate 1A, you know, Dr. Kenley divided all the plates into A, B, C, D, E. Mm, elementary chart. Chart on pattern or plan of salvation. There it is. So over here at the most holy place of plate 1A, you see Lucifer of the serpent up there in the garden or a type of heaven. And that's where this... Uh, Oh, I can't see it. There we go. So you have Lucifer, that serpent up there in that type of heaven. This is where uh, Adam and Eve were at their rest state. So this has got to, if you're going to see something about Yahweh, you got to see something uh, in the physical to understand something spiritual. So there's that structure called the vermis, meaning worm, uh, showing Lucifer in, in the in that heavenly state up there in the most holy place. But then remember that the serpent is cast out of heaven, and we got to see a representation of that in the court roundabout. Where are you going to see another vermis or vermin? Your appendix is called vermiform appendix. So you've got that Latin vermis, meaning worm or worm shape or serpentile. So you've got two manifestations of that. Uh, one up there in that vermis. Uh, and then the vermiform appendix, but that's drifting off the, um, the topic here of the nervous system. Now, uh, Dr. Hamilton, I sent a couple pictures of MRIs. Could you show, uh, I just want to show a couple of things here that I've kind of found. Now, some of these things, let's move over to the next one. 
All right, so here you see that arbor vitae, and this is not a this is not an MRI. This is uh, I think this is a cadaver or something like that. But very beautifully, you see that a cross section of the cerebellar cortex where you see a tree-like structure with that arbor vitae. How beautiful is that? Let's move over to the next slide, please, Dr. Hamilton. So here you see the two, this is a frontal uh, slice of the brain shown in an MRI. And you see the two halves of the cerebellum where you can see the tree, that arbor vitae structure in the middle right there where it says five pointing to that, that's the vermis, or that's that structure that means worm. So you very beautifully see Satan in the midst of the garden right there. And this is just Yahshua. I mean, how beautiful is this? How beautiful is this pattern that Yahshua has given us something to understand himself clearly. And, you know, this is, this is an invisible thing that we would never be able to see uh, unless we have these, these things that can show these things. Like an MRI is, it's so cool. It's like a, this is like a vision of something that's going on in your head. You're seeing a vision. That's not really a brain. That's a vision of a brain. So you're seeing a vision every time you see one of these things. You very clearly see that representation going on in there. So um, moving on, let's go back to the green chart. You have, okay, moving on, you have the spinal cord. Um, and then the spinal cord uh, is immersed in a, in something called cerebrospinal fluid, which protects the brain and nervous system and bathes or cleanses the brain uh, and cleanses the waste products, which is a type of washing or like a baptism. It's just a type and shadow, folks. That's all it is. It's some, taking something natural to understand something spiritual. That spinal cord is immersed in this cerebrospinal fluid, protecting and washing all the time. Now, see, this is kind of showing where you know, why would, why would water baptism be relevant in this day and age after Yahshua the Messiah has fulfilled these things? Because your spinal cord and your brain is being baptized all the time in water, right. which is a, this cerebrospinal fluid. Now, it's contained in a ventricular system of which there are four ventricles, and you can see them up in the brain. If you show, um, if you show that MRI of the middle part of the brain again, the first slide, right? So you can see there's four ventricles up here by the corpus callosum. I wish I could point, but I can't. You have a, two lateral ventricles, then you have a third and you have a fourth, which is right in front of that cerebellum. Now I want you to go ahead and get um, Revelation, the 22nd chapter. Go ahead and start at one. And this is showing, this is the apostle John seeing in a vision, these things that Yahshua revealed. Go ahead and pick that up. Revelations 22nd. Mm -hmm. And he showed me a pure river of water of life. Now he showed me a pure river of water of life. Now this cerebrospinal fluid that protects the brain and nervous system is, is pure water. There's nothing about it that's not pure. It, in fact, it cleans the brain of waste products. It cleanses. It's so pure that it cleanses your nervous system of these things. It's a pure river of water of life read clear as crystal clear as crystal now i've seen cerebrospinal fluid uh, in my job i work in a hospital in the radiologic sciences and when they do a spinal tap they take out uh that cerebrospinal fluid and i've actually held 
a vial of it in my hands and it's warm because you're warm. You're about 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit. So it was warm. It was like, ooh, it's a little warm. But you have this clear as crystal, this cerebrospinal fluid. Read. Proceeding out of the throne of Yahweh. Proceeding out of the throne of Yahweh. Now, what's the throne of Yahweh? It's in that most holy place. And remember that we're correlating that brain or that cranial cavity to that to that uh, most holy place or the throne of Yahweh. So you have that clearest crystal, river of water of life, proceeding out of the throne of Yahweh. Read. And of the Lamb. Mm -hmm. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life. Now go back to that uh, second slide of that MRI, please. Uh, third slide, I'm sorry. Yep. Now read that verse one more time, Dr. Brown. In the midst of the street of it, mm -hmm. and on either side of the river was now, there. On either side of the river. So that cerebrospinal fluid is going right down the center here. On either side of it, read. Was there the tree of life? Was there the tree of life? What is that arbor vitae? What does that mean? That means tree of life. Right. Which bear 12 manner of fruits. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to get to that, this 12 manner of fruits. We're talking about the, uh, the uh, cranial nerves. Go ahead. And yield her fruit every month. Mm -hmm. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Mm -hmm. And there shall be no more curse. But the throne of Yahweh and other lambs should be in it. Okay. You can stop there. So what I wanted to get was that um, it's the verse on the, um, the 12 manner of fruit. Read that one more time, please. Okay. You want me to stop there? I want you to start that one over. Verse over. two, please. Yeah. Okay. That's Revelation 22. Mm -hmm. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, mm -hmm. clear as crystal, Okay, proceeding out of the throne of Yahweh and of the Lamb, mm -hmm. in the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river was there the tree of life, mm -hmm. which bare 12 manner of fruits. 12 manner of fruits. Now, that's where I want you to stop. Thank you. So mm -hmm. when you're looking at the cranial nerves, if you go back to the... Um, Green chart, please. So now moving down uh, to the bottom right of the chart, you see that there's 12 cranial nerves. Now, why is there 12 cranial nerves? There's 12 pairs of cranial nerves. And that's showing forth that there's 12 uh, apostles, 12 heads of the tribes of Israel. So you've got 12 and 12 on both sides. One side uh, is under the law and one is under the dispensation of grace. So you have all these 12 pairs of cranial nerves and they come from the brain and they carry motor and or sensory information from the brain. The first one is called, I'm just going to just rattle these off really quick so bear with me. The first one's called olfactory. It's a sensory function and that regulates your sense of smell. Then you have cranial nerve two is optic nerve which uh, is sensory and that's how you, that's how your sight is uh, you have sight through that. Then you have cranial nerve three, ocular motor as a motor function, coordinates eye movements. Four is trochlear, coordinates eye movements again. So there's three different types of cranial nerves that regulate eye movements. Then you have cranial nerve five, trigeminal as a mix. It's sensory and motor, and it uh, regulates sensation in the face, abducens, eye movement again. 
facial, does facial expression, vestibular cochlear means he, uh, which has to do with sensory of hearing and balance. Then you have glossopharyngeal, which has to do with oral sensation, taste, salivation. Vagus, now here's one that we need to talk about here. Vagus cranial nerve 10, this means wanderer. And this is actually the longest nerve that moves through from the, the brain into the body. And that vagus, that means wanderer. That's another type of shadow showing that, showing that mystery of iniquity wandering. Now, if you, if you go back to Job, when the sons of Elohim were presented, Satan shows up too, because why? He's a son. And Yahweh says to Satan, where'd you come from? Satan says to him, from going to and fro and up and down in the earth. So, so he's wandering. So that's show that vagus nerve, wandering nerve. Then you have cranial nerve nine, spinal accessory that regulates shoulder elevation and head turning and hypoglossal is cranial nerve 12, which does 12 uh, tongue movement. So you got 12 pairs right there showing the 12 apostles or disciples, 12 heads of the tribe of Israel under the law, 12 apostles of Yahshua under the dispensation of grace, each having a special function or ministration. And that's why I had uh, 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. Read. So if you get 1 Corinthians 12 and 4 from the scripture reading, please. That's 1 Corinthians 12 and 4. Mm -hmm. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but mm -hmm. the same spirit. Now, diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. Now, see, here you have diversities of, of operations. So not every single one... Of, Every single one of these cranial nerves does a different operation. So you have diversities. Read. Fifth verse. Mm -hmm. And there are differences of administrations, but the That's same it. Elohim. That's all the same Elohim. That's the point to get across here. So um, the one thing I didn't mention before was we're looking at um, that's the cranial nerves. There's much, much more to it. And they're just, they're just, look, here's the thing about of getting into a topic like this. You can go all day and all night into some of these very fine details. Now, this is just a this is just a gift that was given to me by the Holy Spirit. Now, just like there's diversities of gifts, every single one of us is a member in the body of Joshua the Messiah. And we all have a have a diversity of gifts or ministrations. This is just this this is the stuff that I get excited about. And which is why I, I volunteered when Dr. Hamilton um, said, we're going to go over the green chart. I said, oh man, I can't wait. I just, I love to be able to share with the body the things that Yahshua has shown me about him through this pattern uh, and then through the physical body and the operation of anatomy and physiology and the physical body. It's absolutely beautiful to see these correlations and to see Yahshua the Messiah and know something for sure about him. And he's given you an understanding through these things that are made. And that's that's the whole point is to understand Yahshua. It's not to get knowledge and understanding about all these physical body structures and be able to pronounce all these names correctly. That's not what it's all about, folks. What it's about is it's about Yahshua the Messiah. And it's about praising Yahshua the Messiah and for all the things that uh, he's given to us to understand about him, because that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to know about him. So if he gives you this gift, it's absolutely wonderful. Um, I'm just, I'm going to wrap this up um, because there's just so much more. And I mean, I could ramble on for hours and hours and hours, but 
Um, I just want to get a couple of more scriptures here and then I'll be down. I want to pick up Acts 17 and 24. And then if the other scripture reader could pick up 1 Corinthians 6 and 19, please. That's Acts 17 and 24? Yes, please. One moment, please. I'm sorry. Acts 17 and 24. Yahweh that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is ruler of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Now stop right there. See, this is the Apostle Paul speaking. Uh, when we, This was when he was in Athens, right? And he sees all these temples that the Greeks have built, the polytheistic society have built to all these gods. Now he declares that Yahweh, who made the world and all things therein, does not dwell in temples made with hands. Now, if you know anything about um, if you wear glasses, you know that the two sides of your head are called temples. Now, this is the temple where Yahweh, where Yahshua, the Holy Spirit, is dwelling in you. Read on, please. Neither is, neither is worshipped with man's hands as though he needed anything. Seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things and hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the earth, excuse me, to dwell on all the face of the earth and have determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. The bounds of their habitation. Okay, go ahead and pick up 1 Corinthians 6 and 19, please. That's 1 Corinthians 6 and 19. Mm -hmm. What? Know ye not? That your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Hold on. What? Know ye not? This is Paul again speaking to the Corinthians in his epistle, the first epistle to the Corinthians. What? Know ye not? That your now there's an explanation. There's an exclamation point right there where it says, What? What? Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Read. Which is in you. Which is in you. Now remember that Yahshua the Messiah has given the Holy Spirit to those who accept him and believe in him freely. And that he, the Holy Spirit dwells in you and you in him. Read. I'm sorry, which oh. is in you, which ye have of Yahweh, and right. ye are not your own. Right. Now, go ahead and pick up uh, 20, please. And I'm just going to make a special mention of one thing on the chart that I saw. Mm -hmm. for ye are bought with the price okay stop now if you go back to the green chart and this was mentioned um a couple weeks ago when there was a an overview of the chart here on the lower left side is a price tag see that price tag on some charts it says a dollar 98 on some charts it says 598 now <laughs> i think it's because this one chart that says a dollar 98 was the chart that was painted in the late 60s by Dr. Mitchell. And then this, uh, this other green chart comes from the Lansing branch, the Lansing school. And it says 598 and it was, I think it was painted more recently, but it just short of so is inflation. Because what is it showing? It's showing that your body is made up of matter and elements and there's trace elements of, there's trace elements of, of certain elements in your body that, you know, like gold or, you know, copper or things like this. I mean, you you eat things that have copper in it, 
right? If you take a multivitamin, there's copper and zinc and all these other things in it. But if you take these trace amounts of element in your body, it could add up to $1.98 or $5.98. So those trace elements of your body, if you sold them on the market, that's what you would be worth. But this scripture, 1 Corinthians 6 and 20, is showing that you are bought with a price, read, and it's not $1.98, and it's not $5.98, and it's not the things that are contained within your body. Read that again, please. That's right. First uh, Corinthians 6 and 20. For mm -hmm. ye are bought with a price. See, you are bought with a price. And what's the price? The price is the precious blood of Yahshua the Messiah that was shed mm -hmm. for the salvation of all. Read. Mm -hmm. Therefore, glorify Yahweh. In it your says, body. therefore, mm -hmm. since you're bought with a price, this is your job. Read. Glorify Yahweh. Glorif glorify Yahweh. Read. In your body. In your body. And in your spirit. And in your spirit. Remember that, Yahweh, is. remember that Yahweh doesn't dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worshiped with men's hands. Yahweh is spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So, uh, I mean, listen, folks, there's so much more that you can go into. This is just scratching the surface of all these correlations and talking about the nervous system and the cranial nerves and the threefold nature of how everything in this, in the, your human body correlates to this pattern of the tabernacle that was shown to Moses in a vision. That everything is made according and operates according to this path. But there's just, there's so much. Uh, hopefully the next speaker maybe pick up where this is left off. But again, this is not about how much you can know about, you know, can you pronounce these words and how much knowledge you can get about these things. This is just to show Yahshua the Messiah in you. And that is the point. So if anything was said to edify the body of Yahshua, all praises go to him and him alone, for he is truly our salvation and he's the only hope of glory. Mm -hmm. So with that, I'll turn it back over to the moderator and I'll just say praise Yahshua. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you very, very much, uh, Dr. Craig. I, I really enjoyed that. And um, I'm just going to reiterate a couple things that Dr. Craig said and to and for those that joined um, after uh, we summarize what this series is about. Dr. Craig mentioned that there were diversities of gifts, and that is the beautiful part about this gospel. Yeah, we are all children of Yahweh Elohim. And being such, Yahweh gives each of us the, a gift. Your gift may not be what Dr. Craig has, and that's okay. But what we want you to do and what we want to inspire you to do is ask Yahweh what that gift is and then allow you to share it with the rest of the body. So for Dr. Craig, once again, because it's his profession to look at those x-rays and MRIs, Yahweh gave him that gift to be able to go over those cranial nerves. And he volunteered to do that. And I appreciate that. And I'm asking anyone else, if there's anything on this green chart that you um, that Yahweh has you so inclined to do, you, you go ahead and let me know and we'll have you to go over that, what he showed you. But I wanted to look at one thing, Dr. Um, Craig mentioned, and I was hoping he would go into it, but he didn't, but that's okay, because like he said, this, you can't exhaust Yahweh, so we are going to have this series of lectures on the green chart for as long as we can, um, because we can't exhaust Yahweh, there's always going to be something else 
that we can go into. Even if five people go over these cranial nerves, we're going to have 10 more people that have something else that the other five didn't bring up because that's the way Yahweh works. He's endless. So I want to go over that 10th cranial nerve, which he talked about, which is the satanic spirit, which represents the satanic spirit. And that's that vagus nerve. Now, the vagus nerve is part of what we call in the, in the human body, part of the rest and digest system or the parasympathetic system. So you know how a lot of times we'll talk about the holy cup of anointing oil in the court roundabout that the priest has to be anointed with in order to represent the Holy Spirit so he can minister in his tabernacle without error. Well, we, we correlate that with the adrenal glands. And we say the adrenal gland is the fight or flight. Well, what that actually is a part of is called the sympathetic nervous system. That portion of your body or that port, that system gives your body the increase to do what it needs to do. So that, that increases your heart rate or it, or it gives you inspiration to do things. It, it um, uh, what was one? Yeah, it increases your heart rate. I forgot one of the other things it does. But the parasympathetic, which is against the sympathetic, that brings things down. So the parasympathetic or the rest or digest, it decreases your heart rate. So it doesn't want to give you an increase. So how beautiful that represents the satanic spirit. He doesn't want you to know the true name of the father. He doesn't want you to know how Yahweh really is and actually exists. That's why he's represented by the parasympathetic nervous system or that vagus nerve. So Dr. Craig mentioned that this is the only one that wanders outside and it touches, if you can look, let me try and increase this. If you look at it, it's the only one that hits almost, I think it said it hits every single organ except the um, uh, common carotid artery. Other than that, it hits every single organ. So that tells you that Satan is always there walking side by side with Yahshua the Messiah. He's always going to be there. When Yahshua says do, he says don't do. When Yahshua says don't do it, Satan says do it. When Yahshua says fight, he says go don't fight. When Yahshua says increase, Satan says don't increase. Just sit down and take a rest. So that represent that vagus nerve has the distinction of being the only one that travels all the way down through every single part of the body. And like uh, Dr. Craig said, that represents that satanic spirit being kicked out of heaven and falling down to the earth where he is now. And this is, remember, this is his kingdom. This is not Yahshua's kingdom. Remember, Yahshua said, my kingdom is not of this world. So that's why that satanic spirit causes havoc down here. Remember, that vagus nerve, um, Dr. Craig mentioned that in the abdominal cavity, that vagus nerve is the appendix. And it said that the appendix doesn't have any useful uh, uh, function in the body. Well, Satan doesn't have any useful function for the sons except to show and prove the strength of Yahweh our Elohim. So, like I said, that vagus nerve, it, it lowers your heart rate. You know, it runs, and it said it runs um, uh, uh, posterior to the common carotid artery. And I think I said it, it doesn't touch it, but that's, that's not true. It runs side by side with it, which once again, that, that represents him running side by side 
with Yahshua the Messiah. And I didn't know any of this until Dr. Craig said he wanted to go through this. And even though I took anatomy and physiology, you know, a lot of times you take a class and it goes in one ear and out the other. But Yahweh gave me the increase. Once Dr. Craig said he wanted to go through, then I started reading and Yahweh brought things back to my remembrance because that's what he does. He's that sympathetic nervous system. And how beautiful is that? Yahweh Elohim is sympathetic to what we are going through and what we need and the things that we desire. He's sympathetic to that. The holy, I'm sorry, the negative spirit is not. That's why he's parasympathetic. He doesn't care about your soul like Yahweh does. Yahshua cares about you. So another one of the things that the vagus nerve does as part of that parasympathetic nervous system, it, it, it stimulates urination and defecation. Things that, you know, we need to do, but they are not needed. You see what I'm saying? And then, like I said, it reduces the heart rate. It, it makes your pupils constrict. It's, it's all those things that the, is the opposite of Yahshua the Messiah. That's why we know, it, and it's the, um, I think it's Hebrews 11 and 1, if one of the readers could get that really quick for me. That's why I love this gospel, because what we deal in, we deal in facts. We don't deal in fiction. We don't deal in opinions. Everything Dr. Craig went through and said had nothing to do with his opinion. It was all facts. He showed you MRIs of a brain. That's facts. That's not opinions. That's not something he decided to draw up and try and feed to us. Everything we deal with is facts. That's why it's so beautiful to me. And that's why I hold on to it with all my might because Yahweh loves us. He's giving us the truth, but he also has to give us a love of the truth. So get that, that one scripture for me. Me, please if you don't mind hebrews 11 and 1 yes ma'am now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen for by it the elders obtained a good report okay stop right there dr brown now start that over for me really quick now faith is the substance of things hoped for okay stop so remember during our first green chart session the name of this chart is the creator which is yahweh image the image of yahweh is elohim the superincorporal form by his creation which is yashua yashua is the created physical creature of yahweh elohim so she said faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence yashua is the evidence of the not seen yahweh elohim what else is the evidence of the not seen elohim everything in the universe Everything that Brandon just went over is proof and evidence that there is, in fact, a so-called God. And he has a name. He has a divine purpose, pattern, and plan. And because Dr. Craig has been shown this without a doubt, even though, like he said, he grew up in class, he doesn't know anything about the church world, Yahweh still had to take him to the side and prove to him, I am Yahweh Elohim, and there is none else. How did he do that for Mr. Craig? He took his own body. He took the own thing he studied, went to school for, and his profession to show I am Yahweh. It wasn't so he could make money. It wasn't so he could have a title. It was to show him that he is Yahweh, and there is none else. That's the same thing he's doing for all of us. 
each of us, like he said, has a diversity of gifts. You may want to go into maybe uh, uh, the solar system. You may want to go into the cell. You may want to go into music. I remember one time in Southfield, we had a brother from Detroit that came over and talked about how music is in three parts. You may want to go into cooking, how that goes in three parts. Whatever it is, that, that gift that Yahweh gave you, trust and believe you can put it on the pattern. You just have to ask Yahweh to show you how does what I love to do, read, or what my profession is, how does it go by the pattern? And Yahweh will show it to you. It's, it's, it's so pretty. It's, you can't even put in the right words to it, the things that Yahweh have given us. But that, what she's reading, faith is the substance. We have substance in this class. We don't have imaginations, opinions, and concepts. We have true substance, things we can put our hands on and touch and feel and know that it's Yahweh. Start that over for me one more time, Dr. Paul, Dr. Brown. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. Now we have always done where we substitute Yahshua for faith. So start that over and substitute Yahshua. Now Yahshua is the substance of things hoped for. So see now how this title makes sense. Yahshua, who is the creation, he's the substance of things hoped for. What are the things hoped for? We want to be eternally with Yahweh Elohim in that glorified body once we leave here. Yahshua is the things hoped for. Go ahead. The evidence of things not seen. He is the evidence of things not seen. Yahshua is. That's how we know that we have the truth. Yahweh has shown us and given us proof and evidence. I was out this morning. I, I get up extremely early. I won't tell you how early, but I was out walking the dogs and the sun started coming up and I looked out at the sky and I saw that veil of blue, purple and scarlet and darn near broke down because I can tell people what that represents. How many people in the world can do that? They can't. We know that that represents that blue, purple, and scarlet veil. We know that. See, Yahweh gave us proof and evidence. Other people look at it and go, oh, isn't that pretty? Isn't God's creation pretty? Yeah, but what does that represent? What is he showing you with that so-called pretty sky? What is it? That's our proof and evidence. So I, I want to encourage everyone, please, well, our next... Um, during our next green chart series, we're going to have um, a, a brother and go over the cell. But I want to encourage anyone, if you if you love a butterfly, ask Yahweh to show you how that goes by the pattern. If you love the seasons of the year, ask Yahweh to have you show you how that goes by the pattern. Anything that's on this green chart and anything that may not be on the green chart, ask Yahweh to show you how it goes by the pattern and then ask him to allow you to share it and articulate with the rest of the body. Because when you do that, what it does, it increases all of us. It feeds all of us. It's like oxygen in a blood cell. When one gets it and they all get it, then it's an increase to the entire body. So please, 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 please share your gifts. Don't be embarrassed. This is a school. It's not a church. Nobody's going to ridicule you or anything. We, we all come to learn together. I fumble and stumble on my words all the time, but I trust in Yahshua to get the point over that he needs to make through me. So I just wanted to uh, sum that up. Like I said, this is a series that'll be every two weeks. So next week we won't have it, but the week after that we will and keep going. So if you feel so inclined to do something, you can say, Felicia, I'd rather do it in August. Just let me know. That's okay. There's, you know, there's no wrong or right way to do it. 
So uh, with that, like I said, I just wanted to to summarize on that vagus nerve because I thought that was really pretty. And Dr. Craig, I'm going to give you some homework because I'm trying. I've asked Yahweh to show me why is the vagus nerve the significance of the vagus nerve being the tenth one. So I'm going to put that on you and put it out there that way. You know, you gotta you gotta do it because it's on. It's being recorded. Thank you. <laughs> So I appreciate that. And for our next speaker, we're happy to call, and I hope she's on, uh, Dr. Peggy Trevisant from our Syracuse, New York branch. Dr. Trevisant. Peggy's working. Oh, well, 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 then we'll have the dean, Dr. The, excuse me, Dr. Trevisant, the dean from our Syracuse, New York branch. How about that? Well, Dr. Rick well. Trevisant. No, that's swell. <laughs> oh, is it? Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Rick. Uh, well, I've enjoyed myself thus far. And uh, I was just here to listen to you folks tonight. I had heard that you had some newer people coming now. And uh, I... Um, I'll stick with the screen chart and you, appreciate uh, that. share a few things from it. Uh, I know all about these cranial nerves. I have trouble with uh, the trigeminal nerve. I have trigeminal neuralgia. And um, believe me, I know what it is. I know that these cranial nerves do exist. They're for real. Uh -huh. And uh, when I first came into class, I went back to school to try to prove some of the things that they were teaching wrong. And so I took anatomy and physiology was one of the things I took because back then they taught the correlation between the body and the, and the tabernacle almost every class. And so I said, well, I'll learn anatomy and physiology and I'll learn this course and I'll learn that course. So I just took humanities and uh, the more I took anatomy and physiology, the more I got cemented into it. And I ended, ended up taking it several times. And um, I got such good grades in it that they asked me to tutor it. That this, this is actually funny because I had graduated from school uh, I had got drafted, gone overseas, come back, and now here I was, and they were trying to tell me about class. I didn't want to hear about it. I argued with them, and when I finally went down to class, I was going to prove them wrong. Well, I could not prove anything wrong. I says, well, maybe if I go to college, I'll prove it wrong. Well, anyway, I, I took this anatomy, this physiology, and one day they went around the room 
and they wanted to know what everybody did for a living. And everybody in there was a pre-med student, except me. I was a house painter. They all turned around and looked at me. They wanted to know what in the world I was doing there. I tried to tell professors about this class, everybody. I tried to tell everybody about this class. I think it's, it's, just, it's just funny that um, the more I tried to disprove this, the more it was proven to me. Now, what I'd like to talk to you about in the time that's left, there's not a lot of time. Uh, I'd like to go up to the chart, blow the chart up again, bigger. No, up above the green part. There you go. Metamorphosis. I want to talk to you about metamorphosis. And this is not going to be anything new to anybody. This is going to be very simple and it's going to be very basic. I read an article recently in the Smithsonian Magazine. And it talked about it talked about where the monarchs go. I'm just going to read a few things out of here. How do monarchs find their way to a tiny patch of forest in Mexico? A breakthrough came when researchers discovered that the butterflies possess a finely calibrated navigational system. It consists of a light sensitive sun compass embedded in their antennae that directs them due south from their summer habitat, habitat in the eastern and central United States and southern Canada. Now, they would call that Mother Nature. We know that as spirit law in operation. And it's been in operation all the way down through. And it's spirit law that guides these butterflies from Canada or New York all the way down to Mexico to the same little patch of forest in Mexico every year. No GPS, nothing like that. They rely on the sun. They have a built in sun compass. And we need to keep our eye on the sun. Now, we still don't understand how they find their precise way to the overwintering sites. 
it may take three to four successive generations for monarchs to fly north back out of Mexico as far as southern Canada before returning to the overwintering site the following year. So it could take three or four generations. And we're looking at that migration. This migration to me, it's pointing to the migration of spirit. Yahweh coming out of that pure spirit state, breaking himself down into Yahweh Elohim. And then Yahweh Elohim, you understand, being fruitful and multiplying. And then Adam being fruitful and multiplying. And then breaking himself down into Yahshua and Yahshua being fruitful and multiplying. And then he's gathering up souls and he's bringing them back to the Father. It's a migration. It's a migratory route. The monarch does it. The salmon do it. Animals do it. It's, it, it's incredible through the whole creation. It's a migration. And it's showing that if you go over to the migration in the pattern here, it shows a migration. They came down from Canaan land and they were put down in captivity in Egypt and then 430 years later, they went back up into Canaan land. It was a migration. And it's showing that migration of that high priest. He comes down out of the most holy place. He comes down into the court roundabout. And as he's doing this, the veils are moving. And as they're moving, the angels on them are moving, showing the migration of the birds. So he comes down into the court roundabout, and then he goes back up on the Day of Atonement, back up into the most holy place. It's a migration. And it's all a reflection of Yahweh, of Yahweh Elohim. All the green chart is a reflection of Yahweh Elohim. The whole chart is a reflection of him. And it says Yahweh, Yahweh Elohim, and Yahshua on that chart. And it's a reflection of spirit, that threefold nature of spirit, or it's Yahweh manifesting as Elohim and Yahweh manifesting as Yahshua. It's a great migration from spirit down to salvation, to that blood that the speaker mentioned, that blood of Yahshua, and then taking those souls and bringing them back up to Yahweh. All those migrations yes. point to that, the migration of spirit. Yes. Now we're back to this article. 
milkweed, monarchs lay eggs on the flowering plant and feed on its nectar, which also furnishes toxins that make the insect unpalatable to predators. So milkweed is very important. It's what they eat. The larvae that they lay their eggs on, the larva or the caterpillar eat the milkweed. And the milkweed makes them very untasty to predators. It makes them toxic to predators. And milkweed is their only thing that they eat. But these big corporations out here like Monsanto and these uh, MGOs, uh, they're, they're, they're cutting down all the milkweed so they can grow huge, huge fields full of corn or one product. And the prairie grasses of centuries ago are all gone and the milkweed is disappearing. And so the food source of, of the monarch is becoming less and less dependable. Now, what's that trying to show us? Is that that mystery of iniquity is trying to take the gospel away from us. They're trying to tell you not to preach this gospel. They're trying to take it away from you. Monarchs don't fly at night when they migrate, they need to be warm and they need the sun to orient themselves. They've, they've killed people who have complained about them cutting down forests for these monarchs. They have found these people dead. People that are trying to say something for the, in favor of the monarchs are winding up dead. I find all this interesting. Now, I, I want to just uh, I want to refer to an article from National Geographic 2018, December 2018. It's just a very small article in the beginning of the magazine, and it talks about 
the monarch. And it says it's programmed to change. Metamorphosis is a radical change in form and function. Frogs and sea urchins metamorphose. Many insects, insects do too. Shifting from crawling larvae to flying wasp, beetle, or moth. Perhaps the most familiar metamorphosis, the one that's the subject of countless school science projects is the butterfly's transformation from caterpillar to winged beauty. Yet scientists are only now beginning to grasp what goes on inside a chrysalis. New research suggests that the caterpillar does not dissolve into a soup as once was thought. Rather, the insect's makeover is a program mix of destruction and growth. Certain cells die and body parts atrophy. Meanwhile, other cells in place since birth rapidly expand. In as little as two weeks, the adult emerges entirely remodeled, capable of flight, and bent on finding a mate. Now, oddly enough, this takes place in three stages. Stage number one, activation. Caterpillar eats and eats and eats and eats. That's all it does. That's all we did when we came into class. We ate and we ate and we ate and we ate. And we're still eating. And it often grows quickly. It molts several times. Now molting is when it sheds its skin. Each molt marking a new larval stage until it reaches maturity. Then its hormones shift, signaling, signaling the onset of the chrysalis phase. And that's stage number one. That's, as it were, a death. Now, stage number two. You have this picture right here on your chart. You have caterpillar. That's larva. Once it's big enough, a caterpillar finds a big place or a safe place and often attaches itself to it with silk. A final molt reveals a shell called a chrysalis. Many of us call it a cocoon. 
Now the the monarch has a green chrysalis and it has a, a gold crown around the top of it, little tiny gold dots. I've seen them when I was painting eaves and stuff. Reveals a shell called a chrysalis. Inside, the insect changes dramatically in preparation for adult life. Now the change has to occur in the burial. If there's no change in the burial, there will be no resurrection. There must be a change in the burial. This is stage number two, transformation. Well, there you are, there's the picture of it. There's the gold crown around the top of it. The monarch, obviously, y'all know it means king. Now, stage number three. Emergence. The butterfly sucks in air until its chrysalis breaks open. It sucks in air. Just like that baby below on the chart. That baby on the below on the green chart. There's a show of blood and water. And then that baby takes that breath. Inspiration, respiration from the Latin spirare, meaning spirit, death, burial, resurrection, or blood, water, spirit. And it was 40 weeks gestation in that womb. And the baby could not breathe because it was in the amniotic fluid. It would drown. It breathes through the mother's placenta. But now the baby comes out through the birth canal and miraculously, those lungs and that heart are connected in that baby and it breathes the breath of life. Yeah. The breath of life. Uh, We're going to hold this right here for a moment. Would you get uh, Genesis? Um, uh, With Adam. You want, um, when, when, he breathed, when, when he breathed on him, it's in storm. Um, Genesis 2 and 7. Yahweh formed man from the dust. Yes, 
Yes, I think so, yes. Okay, that's Genesis 2 and 7. And Yahweh Elohim formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and he became a living soul. What he breathed into his nostrils was that name of Yahweh, and that man became a living soul, just like that baby. He takes in that breath, that breath of life, that name of Yahweh, and it becomes a living soul. That's right. Now let's run over to um, Ezekiel 37. Start reading right in one. Ezekiel 37 and one. The hand of Yahweh was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of Elohim and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley and lo, they were very dry. Very dry bones, very dry. Read. And he said unto me, son of man, can these bones live? Can and these I, bones live? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Read. And I answered, O Yahweh Elohim, thou knowest. Again, he said unto me, prophesy unto these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of Elohim. Hear the word of Elohim. Mm-hmm. Hear the name of Dr. Kinley. No. No, sir. No. Hear the word of Elohim. Mm-hmm. Hear the word of Yahweh Elohim. That's right. Or Yahshua. Mm-hmm. Hear the name of Yahshua. That's right. Read. Mm-hmm. Fifth verse. Thus saith Yahweh Elohim unto these bones. Behold, I will cause breath to enter unto you, and ye shall live. I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. Just like back there with Adam. Just like with that baby in the womb. Read. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover your skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live and ye shall know that I am Yahweh. You will know that I am Yahweh. Read it, please. Yes, eighth verse. And when I beheld, I'm sorry, so I prophesied, seventh verse, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them. And See, the these bones represent our soul. That's right. These bones represent the body of Yahshua the Messiah. Yes, yes. And they have got to come together. Yes. And take shape and form. Mm-hmm. Read, please. A verse, and when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above but there was no breath in them. But there was no breath in them, read. Then said he unto me, prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, thus saith Yahweh Elohim, come from the four winds, O breath, 
and breathe unto these slain that they may live. Come from the four winds, mm -hmm. O Beth, mm -hmm. north, east, That's west, right. and south. News. That's right. News. Mm -hmm. Good news. That's right. Now I want you to stop there for one minute and the other reader can run over and get First uh, Corinthians 15. That's First Corinthians 15. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand. Now, I'm going to preach unto you the gospel, and this is Paul. I'm preaching the gospel to you, wherein you stand. Read. By which also ye are saved. Now, this will save you. I don't care how silly it sounds. That's right. I don't care how stupid it sounds. Oh, yeah. And it was called antiquated when I was out in LA. It was called old, old, old time and foolish and antiquated. And look, it will save you. Read, please. By which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, if you keep in memory, a lot of people did not keep this gospel in memory. A lot of people did not. Read, please. If ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that the Messiah died for our sins according to the scripture. How that Yahshua died for our sins according to the scriptures. Read. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And that he was seen of Cephas then of the twelve. Now that's good. That's the gospel. That's what the gospel is. Now I want you to get for me John, the third chapter. Please start reading one. That's John three and one. They were, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Yahshua by night and said unto him, Master, we know that thou art a teacher come from Elohim. Now we know, now they, they, they told on themselves. We know you come from Elohim. <laughs> we, we know you come from the, from the boss. Mm -hmm. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except Yahweh be with him. Yahshua answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of Yahweh. Unless a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of Yahweh. Right. Read. Yahshua answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of spirit. I'm sorry, I skipped the four first. Four first. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Yahshua answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, 
he cannot enter into the kingdom of Elohim. Unless a man be born of water and of blood and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of Yahweh. Mm -hmm. Read. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. All right, now quickly, we'll get to 1 John 5, 7 and 8. That's 1 John 5, 7, 8, King James Version. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. Now there's three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. Now we're going back to what the first speaker and the second speakers talked about. Read. And these three are one. And these three are one, which both of those speakers talked about. Read. And there are three that bear witness in the earth, the spirit and the water and the blood. And, and those are the witnesses in the earth, the spirit and the water and the blood. And their baby, when it's birth, it shows that blood, that woman has a show of blood and water, and their baby takes in that breath of life. Yeah. Yes. yes. Now, just like you're born that way from below, we got to be born that way from above, folks. Yes, we do. And people going to make fun of you, and it doesn't matter. That's just how, that's how it operates. That's how it goes. Now, let's go over to um, Acts, second chapter. Starting at one. Acts two and one. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Now they're all up in that upper room. Breathe. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. A mighty rushing wind. Just like back there with the dry bones. Mm -hmm. and it, please. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And it filled the house. Read. And th there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. Didn't John the Baptist tell them they would be baptized with not many days hence. Yep, that's right. With fire and the Holy Spirit. Read, please. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And began to speak with other tongues. And now, listen, and now <laughs> they were made alive. Mm -hmm. They were made alive in their soul. Adam died in his soul and they had to be made alive in their soul. My goodness. Now, I'm back to the butterfly. Step three, emergence. The butterfly sucks in air. We said all that to get back to this. This butterfly, it's also sucking air. How about that? You don't think your creator, Definitely. like the speaker said, 
that he's got something going on here. Got everybody sucking in some air. But it's got to be the right kind of air because there's polluted air in this world. Sucks in air until its chrysalis breaks open. It then flaps its wings for several hours to dry them and to circulate blood before flying off in search of a mate. And do you know that that butterfly's wings are powered by the sun? And do you know that butterfly He's going to be in a brand new creation now. He's going to be a brand new creature now. He's not going to eat the same things. He's not going to hang around with the same, same creatures as the larva did. He's a brand new creature. Now, give me... oh. You don't know how hard it is when you get to be as old as me to remember these quotes anymore. <laughs> there it is. There's, isn't that Monica pretty thing? Beautiful. Yeah. Isn't that a pretty thing? And I see Baltimore Orioles outside my wing, my window now, you know? I, all these years, I never saw a Baltimore Oriole where I live. Never. And I'm going to be, well, I'm 74 now. And a year ago, my wife put grape jelly out. And I said, what the heck are you doing? <laughs> and she says, oh, I Google this. This is how we get the Baltimore Orioles. And I says, I said to myself, now I know she's nuts. Right. <laughs> Two weeks later, there they came, Baltimore Orioles. Oh. And boy, are they beautiful to look at. Yes, they are. Orange and black and white, just, just like this manner. And I'll tell you, they're just majestic. Mm -hmm. Just like this monarch. It's just, it's majestic. Majestic. Like Yahshua, he's majestic. First Corinthians, or Second Corinthians, fifth chapters, uh, fifth chapter, uh, seventeen and eighteen. First Corinthians five and seventeen. Therefore, if any man be in the Messiah, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Therefore, the if any man be in the Messiah. He is a, what kind of creature? New creature. A new creature. He's a new creature, a brand new creature. Never having existed before. Not like you used to be. Right. Not like you used to be. A brand new creature. Mm-hmm. Read. All things are passed away. All things are passed away, just like with that monarch. All things are passed away. Mm -hmm. That monarch, 
He's eating nectar now. He's not eating milkweed. He's eating, you understand, not eating the same things. Mm -hmm. He's a he's a heavenly creature now. He's not earthbound. That's right. He's a heavenly. This is pointing to you, folks. This is you mm -hmm. with that immortal glorified body. That's right. Read, please. All things are become new. And all things are of Yahweh, who hath reconciled us to himself by Yahshua. And all things are of Yahweh, who hath reconciled us to himself. Mm -hmm. Let me just get one more thing. Psalms 19 and 7. And, I, and I'm done. Psalms 19 and 7. The law of Yahweh is perfect. Now, the law of Yahweh, it's not, this isn't talking about the law of Moses. This is talking about the law of the spirit of life in Yahshua, the Messiah. The law of Yahweh is perfect. Converting the soul. Converting the soul. Your soul has to be converted. It has to undergo a metamorphosis. Yes, it it has to undergo a transformation yes. before you can become a brand new creature in Yahshua the Messiah and be part of his body, be part of his bride, be part of his assembly. And I... I'm, uh, I ended up here tonight all by myself without any help from my wife or anything. And I, I'm <laughs> glad I came. I'm glad I listened to the first couple of folks. And um, I, uh, I hope that someone was edified. And I want to give all praise and honor to Yahshua the Messiah. Thank you very much. Hallelujah. Thank you very much, uh, Dr. Trevis, the Dean of the Syracuse, New York class. Really enjoyed that. So see, you covered another part of the, the green chart, but we will definitely uh, go more into it. That was beautiful. Thank you very much. We have about three minutes. I wanted to see if anyone had any questions over anything that was gone over or if they wanted to make a clarification, because I know I may have made a mistake on something I said. Anyone? Is that someone trying to speak up? Nope. Okay. <laughs> so once again, uh, this is this was our second in a series on the green chart, or more more properly, the Creator Image by His Creation chart. Every two weeks, we will go over a new topic on this chart, or we may go over uh, the same topic if someone, if Yahweh gives someone the increase to expand on uh, what a previous speaker went through. So uh, once again, don't be shy. We're all family. This is a school, not a church. And what, what Yahweh gives to one, he gives to you to edify the rest of the body. So we really appreciate it if you would just share what Yahweh has shown you, because it is a beautiful gospel. It really is. I, I'm just so, I, I can't, I'm just, words escape me. It's, it's beautiful. And it's the truth. And that's, 
that's all we need is to listen. So um, if no one has any questions, um, we'll go ahead and, and end our class. And once again, I really do want to thank uh, Dr. Craig for starting us off with this series of lectures. I really appreciate you doing that for us and um, leading the way. And we're going to keep it going. As long as Yahweh allows it, we'll keep it going. So if we will um, all bow in our hearts and minds um, for the doxology, which is taken from the last two verses from the book of Jude, which is the, first, the book right before the book of Revelation. Now to him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise Elohim, our savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our sovereign, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power before all time now and forever. Let us all say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um.